Welcome back to Central Coast Stories. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Kayleen Bell. I'm a journalist, audio producer, storyteller, and I live on the Central Coast. And I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal land on which this podcast is produced and also pay my respects to the Aboriginal people who walked on this country. If you are new to the podcast, please have a listen to the short preview to learn more about what this podcast is about. But basically, I believe every person has many interesting stories if given the time to talk. This podcast is about stories from a wide range of people who live on the Central Coast, but their stories should appeal to people who don't live here as well. Even though this podcast will feature a wide variety of guests, the first four guests are all artists who are finalists in the Dobell Drawing Prize and their work can be viewed at Gosford Regional Gallery for free until the 5th of June. And I highly recommend you go and have a look. You can hear more about the Dobell in last week's episode and also read about it in the show notes from today where I also have a couple of links. Last episode, I brought you the story of artist Leonardo Uribe. He's originally from Colombia and now resides in Chitaway Bay. Leonardo's story is fascinating and if you missed episode one, I highly recommend to listen. You will find out why he chose to create an immigration form out of human hair. Today's guest is artist Claire Tozer whose work Budai Trail can be seen at Gossard Regional Gallery. Today you'll find out her process behind her work, but you will also hear some of her very personal story behind her art and discover why she hides one word in many of her art pieces. Now to today's chat. Hi Claire, how are you? Hi, good, thank you. Thanks for joining me on Central Coast Stories. Thanks very much for having me. You're a local artist on the Central Coast? Yes, I am. I I, uh, live and work at uh, Yatalunga. Yatalunga. Now, I didn't know where that was and I grew up on the Central Coast. So where's the nearest suburb to Yatalunga? Saratoga and Greenpoint. We're between the two. How long have you lived on the Central Coast? I lived on the Central Coast for about 21 years. Uh, Originally lived in Avoca now Yatlunga. And what do you love about being an artist on the Central Coast? I think the great inspiration, of course, has been the bush and uh, the bush and the ocean. And um, that's really lended itself to my work. Now, you used to do still life, used to draw still life with pastels. Yes. Now, for people that maybe don't know what still life is, is that portraits? No, that's not portraits. That's, uh, we used to set up um, vases and cloth and colours and fruit or even pumpkins and things and you create uh, a little artwork in front of you and then you paint or draw it. So you switched from doing that to focusing on the lines, is that correct? I actually switched from that into more abstracted painterly expressionism and I found that didn't suit me. It took me a few years before I realised I wasn't, I really wasn't relating to it myself because my husband is a is a contemporary uh, you know expressive artist but for me I had a life-changing situation and I suddenly started going to this line work started from scratch literally okay so do you want to share the life-changing situation that led you to this change in your artwork yes I can now it's um oh in 2006 I lost 
Well, we lost our daughter. Our daughter passed away at the age of 16. And I was attempting to keep drawing. And I did a lot of still life throughout that time. But I went to a complete standstill and couldn't function for a while. And exactly 10 years after her death, I decided to rethink things and I sort of felt enough is enough, I had to move on. And so I started just to draw trees with a pen and it's gone from there. And the sort of pen, is it a calligraphy pen? I started off with just an ink pen, just a fine liner, an artist's version because I used to be a graphic artist so I did use that fine liner and then I just sort of advanced into using like markers, which were like what we used to do in graphic arts before computers came in. And I started to use those permanenting markers, but it got very expensive. And so then I went from there to a calligraphy ink nib pen. I imagine I've never drawn with a calligraphy pen, but it is time consuming, isn't it? It is time consuming. Yes, it takes a while. What inspired you to create the Dobell piece? Well, I think it was the consistent walks at McMaster's Beach at the back. McMaster's Beach, I think, has played a large role. It has actually a huge role in my um, development. There are fire trails at the back and it's quite steep. You walk up the back and then you walk along these wide fire trails. And I was so taken aback by the lines in the bush and the Australian sort of really dry nitty-gritty movements of the shrubs and the beautiful little flowers and the colours and just something magic about it. And also the sandy trail, which is part of what you actually walk on. And when you look at the little marks that the ground beholds, you really uh, take a lot out of that. It really inspires me to draw. When you do that walk, are you looking at the ocean? Like, What do you see? Eventually you do get to the ocean and you get the view and I love that. And when I did do an ocean series for Rochford Gallery, because they did have a water series, I did use photographs that I'd taken from the top there of the ocean. The blue, a lot of the blue did in that particular series, the ocean, the textures, the movements of the ocean. And what was that series called? Girt by Sea was the name of the actual exhibition and it was a group exhibition. You then started to focus on the ground. Yes. Have the lines always made you want to draw them? Did it surprise you that you found the ground so interesting? I think because I suddenly realised after the 10 years anniversary of our daughter's death, the important things were the small things in life to appreciate. That feeling, I think, getting life in perspective and realising how wonderful and how important small things are and not the grandeur and not the greatness is the importance of what I feel in my work, which is why I do this very, very fine sort of little work, which becomes big. But just looking at small things, shapes, colours, patterns, marks, it's not a direct representation at all. And I don't like painting or drawing anything that's realistic just being purely creative and the enjoyment of just seeing the marks and the movements and the shapes that all these marks create. So it's almost like trying to capture the small things that people are missing. Absolutely because so many 
people sort of look out and look for bigger and better and brighter and more. And I think when you've, anybody who's had a tragedy in their lives, you have to rethink, you have to rethink your life and you have to take a different perspective on it. You do see things differently. There's no doubt about it because, I mean, I want bigger and better, brighter and bolder still, but then I come back to earth when I look at the earth. Yeah, and people will often say after a tragedy, you don't know what you had till it's gone. And it's the small things, isn't it, that can become mundane. But then you found a way to turn the small things into beauty, Mm. into a sense of beauty and importance. So your piece for the Dobell Drawing Prize, your piece that was selected, what's the name of that piece? Budai Trail, based on the walks. And you took a series of photographs? Yes, I did. I took a series of photographs of the ground. I get the most exciting bits. And for that particular one, I joined up three different photographs of the ground. And so I sort of create the lines where I want them to. So I print them out onto photocopy paper and then I stick them together with tape, which is what I do with a lot of my work, and uh, sort of get the lines where I want them to go. And then I use that as a base, get the form down first, the major lines. Then I work through that and then I make bits up and add a few bits and put a stone that was over there into the other section and things like that. When I had another look at it yesterday with my husband and I had a a really good look at it, there's still a beautiful symmetry about your work. There's a flow to it. Mm, Yes. That's a sort of feeling I want is that feeling of flowing and dancing. I used to do a lot of dancing as a teenager and I've always been absorbed with that. And watching things move in the wind as well with a lot of my grass series that I've done. You know, and with the ocean as well, is getting that sense of movement. So, with the Dobell Drawing Art Prize piece, you did that with a calligraphy pen and ink? Yes, I did. And how long did that take you to do that piece? A couple of months it took me to do that one. I have to walk away and get away from it and then come back and then put it up on the wall. And that takes a lot of time too, is to sort of think it through. Imagine it would be quite challenging on the eyes, the very fine work that you're doing. I'm okay with that. It took a long time with my wrist and my hand, especially when I was drawing with a pen because I realised I had to watch my wrist action and, and all that. So I had to have acupuncture on my arm for a bit, but I've been great ever since then. How did you feel to be selected, your art piece to be selected for the Dobell? I nearly passed out. (laughs) I was shocked. There are certain competitions or things that you go into and you have your absolute, you just think, oh, I've just got to get in. I mean, that's, that's, I've got to get in. I just want to be a finalist. I've got to, and you don't get in. And that, that happens more often than not. And when I found out I got into this one, I hadn't expected to get in at all. I didn't think there was any chance. You know, you t- sort of lose, you, by the time you wait, to hear whether you've got in. You've had a lot of time to think about what you've done and, of course, all the doubts come flying in. And then I heard I got in and I I was just ecstatic. So when you went to the gallery opening at um, Gosford Regional Art Gallery, what was the feedback that you got on the night from people that were looking at the art pieces? Oh, it was lovely. You know, um, I mean, it was just a general feedback. Somebody was standing there trying to find words in all my 
work. Words. Yes, where she says, oh, there's a word. There's, oh, there's the word art. There's the word. I said, well, actually, I didn't put anything in there except I did put one word in it, which is what I've done with a lot of my work is my daughter's name. And nobody can ever see it. Even when they say they can see words, they wouldn't be able to see. I know where they are and some of them I can't find it because I've gone over and over. But my daughter's name's in a lot of my work. Her name was Renee. Renee. Now I'm going to go back to the gallery and try to find You won't find it. You won't find it. <laughs> so in all your art pieces, do you put her name? A lot of them. I was doing it all the time for a while there. But I'm not doing it as much now. I kept saying to myself, let it go, let it go. She's there with me anyway, you know, in my heart. She was a terrific artist herself. How lovely. Claire, you recently had a solo exhibition at the Rochford Gallery in North Sydney. Uh, That was part of the Interlace exhibition that finished on the 8th of May. But I believe it's online for people. Yes, still see my work online. And how many pieces did you have in that exhibition? All up 27. There was 15 canvases and there there were some works on paper. Were these all works that you created for the exhibition? or Deliberately for the exhibition. So over a period of what time did you? The whole of COVID. <laughs> the whole of COVID? The whole of last year. 27 pieces. It was 15 canvases, two works on paper, and then I had some very small ones which I'd done on plain air. I go out with a group, a small group of artists on the central coast and we have coffee and draw the landscape. That's a lot of work though, well done. That was since COVID started to to now. I was asked to be in the exhibition um, oh, about 18 months ago and I knew that they wanted me to get onto canvas and give it a go and because I hadn't done much work on canvas at all before, I launched into it big time. So I had to push myself as much as possible to try and get that to work. So having the COVID lockdown and being sort of isolated as much as possible really helped me to concentrate. Definitely, and also getting outdoors. Where in that timeline did you do the Dobell drawing piece, the Budai Trail? Was that before COVID? The Dobell work I did was one of the first works I had ever done on canvas. Wow, and then it gets selected, so that is pretty impressive. Hence the fact I got the shock. (laughs) And then that gave you the confidence to produce such a huge amount of pieces for the Rochford Gallery. Yes, that's when I realised that maybe I can go onto canvas with this type of work. Mm. But I knew it had to change because it's a completely different medium and completely different approach and completely different texture working on canvas than on paper. Before that you would just work on paper? Yep. I've always worked on paper. Where do you find your main points of inspiration on the Central Coast? I know there's the McMasters. Are there other spots on the Central Coast that you like to visit? Even just the walks through the Budai National Park, just areas around Maitland, Maitland Bay, you know, the walks down there. Bulamar Spur is the most sensational walk, which is only a, it's not a, a long walk by any means. It's about half an hour in and half an hour out. But it is absolutely glorious because the angophras and the bushland and the rocks are just beautiful. It's near Kilke Heights. There's the Maitland Bay parking. And just along the road there, there's the parking area. And then there are a number of walks. Part of the Great North Walk is there. And the ocean walks that go down to Putty Beach and all around. You said your husband's an artist? Yes. And there's an interesting connection there. He was also... He was my teacher. I'd actually completed a um, trip overseas 
I did a backpacking trip overseas and I came back and I, um, I decided to go to the Workshop Arts Centre to find a teacher when I got back. I, had to, I was working as a graphic artist then, um, but I needed life drawing classes. I was wanting to join because I was so taken by the art overseas. And uh, that's where I met my husband. He was teaching there. Met your husband there in Sydney? Uh, yes, in Sydney, Willoughby. Which art school did you study at? Uh, well, I started graphic design in, at Swinburne University in Melbourne. I went down there to do this course. Um, so I was there. And then um, after that, I did a trip. I worked as a graphic artist and then did a trip around overseas, came back, went to the Workshop Art Centre in Willoughby, uh, which is a wonderful place, and uh, met my husband and that's it. He's well known in his own right? Yes. Oh, his name's Tony Tosa. What was it like for you meeting the other finalists from the Central Coast on the night at the gallery? I was there. It's always wonderful when people get involved in the same thing that you're involved in it's always lovely to meet other people who share the same excitement of being in it and your works are so different you want it to be different very different indeed is there anything else you would like to add Claire no not really but uh, you know do go and see the show if you can and and anybody who's interested it's worth seeing it's good to see art as all the differences that people do. Yeah, absolutely different. Every single piece is different. It's a wonderful exhibition. It is. So thank you for chatting with me today on Central Coast Stories. Thanks, Kayleen. That's lovely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please go back and listen to Leonardo's story if you missed it. And I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, you can follow me on Twitter where I will promote new episodes at C underscore coast underscore stories the next episode of central coast stories will be another fascinating discussion with artist minka gillian from point claire whose work the origins of the world is currently on display at gosford regional gallery you will find out the connection between sexy doilies and her artwork also, I'd like to give a special thank you to artist Elena Parishko for the beautiful art piece, which is the image that you see when you look at my podcast. So a very big thank you. I purchased her painting and I have her website in the show notes in case anybody would like to see her artwork and purchase some for themselves. So thank you, Elena. All information in this episode is copyright. Please do share the podcast episodes, but please contact me for republishing permissions at centralcoaststories at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.